Welcome to Dollars and Cents. Our podcast is designed to provide listeners with financial advice in a language you can understand. Created and hosted by Mark Friedman, President and CEO at Friedman Financial, he discusses timely topics that help individuals and families make smart financial decisions. Count on lots of energy, candid discussion, and a few laughs. Welcome back to Dollars and Cents. Um, I am your host, Marion Gilman. Uh, with, this is our weekly podcast from Friedman Financial. And today, um, my typical co-host, Mark Friedman, is away on vacation, well-deserved vacation, although I understand it's raining, so I'm not sure he's having such a great time. In any event, I am delighted to have Christian Karcher join me as co-host today. Christian is our director of financial planning and delves deep into all of the intricacies of a every financial plan for our clients. How are you today, Christian? I'm doing well. How are you, Mary? I'm very well, very well. I actually just got back from vacation. So you were on with Mark last week. I, I haven't been on for a couple of I weeks. I sure was. We had a fun, fun time talking about spending habits um, and, and some things. And, and I think we're going to have a, a slightly more serious conversation today um, talking about, I believe, insurance and life insurance this week. Yes. And we thought that was a great topic because it's something that's very important in the financial planning process. And it's very important. It's something we, we talk about in our financial planning process and everybody should be aware of life insurance in general, when you need it, when you might not need it, what types of life insurance there are. And Christian, I know you have a lot of expertise in this area. So why don't you tell us a little bit about basic life insurance? Absolutely. So whenever we do these plans and we, and we talk about our planning, we always say, you know, we, we build our plans out to age 100 because we want to make sure your assets last until that age. Well, life insurance comes into play when we say, okay, we also have to come up with what happens in the, the potential possibility that you pass away well before age 100. And how do you protect your spouse? How do you protect your kids? How do you make sure that the financial life you've built up um, can continue and meet your goals even after you've passed away? Yeah, so I mean, basically what life insurance does is you pay a certain premium every year and you buy an amount of life insurance. So maybe you buy a million dollars of life insurance. And that sounds like a daunting number. Mm -hmm. um, but think about why you're buying life insurance. One of the as a younger person, let's say a 25 year old, a 30 year old, why do people have to buy life insurance? Why is that even necessary? Right. And, and this is a the where you need to start with life insurance. A lot of people will say, well, I need need life insurance because I need life insurance. I've always been told I need life insurance. Well, it's important to step back and say, why do you need life insurance? Well, number one, you want to try to protect your loved ones and make sure that they are taken care of if you're to pass away. So when you're younger, a big piece of that is saying, okay, so my spouse and my kids, let's say you've got young kids under the age of 10, you've got a spouse who's also working, but if you were to pass away, would your spouse be able to continue to raise your kids and have the lifestyle that you want them to have if they no longer had your income? And the answer in most cases is absolutely not. And so that's when 
life insurance steps up and you say, okay, let me look and see how much life insurance would I need in order to meet the needs of my children until they're of age, in order to make sure that my my spouse has enough money that they can continue to live, continue to take care of the kids and still have a retirement later on. Um, that's when you start figuring out how much life insurance you need. But first you have to say, is it necessary to replace my income in this situation? And it's very important that, you know, the primary breadwinner, you want to be sure that they have enough life insurance to to offset whatever income would be lost to the family. But what about a spouse who doesn't work? Now, in that case, they don't have any income. Does that mean they don't need life insurance? Well, not necessarily. Um, so if you've got a spouse who stays at home, again, imagine you have kids under the age of 10 and one of the spouses is taking care of the children, making sure that the home is kept up. If that spouse is to pass away, you also have to consider what they bring as far as childcare, as far as taking care of the home, there are expenses that you're going to have to cover out of your own pocket now if your spouse passes away. And so for those spouses, it might be less than someone who is say, you know, earning $100,000 a year and you need to replace that income, but it could be just as much, if not. Absolutely. Because remember, as the as the breadwinner spouse, you can't continue to work like you might do and um, make that income if you need to care for the children as well. So you might have to hire people to come in to do that. So it's extremely important um, when you have dependents and you have dependents who are relying on your income that you purchase enough life insurance to take care of those people should anything happen to you. Um, but that, and, and what kind of insurance, I mean, think about it. If you, let's say you do need a million dollars of life insurance, that's a huge number. I must, you must have to pay a lot of money for that. Is that correct? Well, that's not correct. Um, and in the price of life insurance varies wildly based on how old you are, health conditions, um, and the type of insurance you buy. So there is, and remember if you're likely to die it, soon, it costs a lot, right? If you're not Absolutely. likely, to, if you're likely to die in 40 years and you're buying insurance for 20 years, doesn't cost as much. That's right. right. So yeah. there are multiple types of insurance. Term insurance is the number is the one you'll hear. And a what lot. is term insurance? It is Christian. life insurance for a set term or a set time, usually 10, 15, 20, or 30 years long. So and that sounds appropriate for somebody who's young, correct, who might have children that you know that they're going to raise for 20 years and they want to be sure they have enough to cover those children for 20 years. Absolutely. And, and that type of insurance is less expensive than say what a permanent life insurance policy where you pay premiums your whole life and you know that it is permanent, it is going to pay out at the end because there's a chance and a lot of times when you're younger, a good chance that you go that whole 30 years and don't pass away and then the insurance expires, you no longer have the insurance, but you were covered for those important years. So in that case, it makes sense um, when you're younger, probably to have a term insurance policy that goes for a certain number of years. You can get a lot of insurance for relatively little money if you're healthy. Yep. Um, and it's a 20 year policy say, because let's say you're 30 years old, 
the chances of you dying by the time you're 50 are much less than the chance of you dying by the time you're 80, for instance. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, Whereas what if you wanted to buy permanent insurance when you were 30 years old and you wanted the same million dollar policy? I'm take, I take it that would cost more? Yes, that would absolutely cost more. It, it depends on the type of insur- permanent insurance policy. We don't need to get into that today, but generally you will see the premiums are 10, 15 times what they would be for Got that it. term insurance. Okay. So it makes a lot more sense financially to get the insurance you need for a shorter term and, and just call it a day. So what about the people who have insurance, life insurance through work? Absolutely. How's that? Is that good? Insurance? It, it, it absolutely is. It's just as good as anyone. I mean, it still pays out if you, you pass away. Um, and a big piece of that is, okay, it's based on your salary. It's a benefit to you. And everyone should be factoring that in when they're uh, determining their insurance liability, right? How much insurance do I need? Well, I get one-time salary at work. Is that enough insurance? A lot of times we're working people one-time salary or two-time salary even is not enough. And so you want to look elsewhere for an additional policy, but those uh, group policies are very good. And what is important in most cases, those expire when you retire. Um, And a lot of people, when they get to that retirement stage will come to us and say, you know, I've got this group policy with work. I'm retiring. Do I need to buy insurance to replace this insurance? What do we say to people in in that situation? so, So when, you know what, think about it. If you got life insurance to protect your income stream so that you could take care of your dependents and now you're retiring, so you will no longer have an income stream. Do you really need insurance? I mean, there could be for certain people, there could be a rationale for having some insurance, but for the majority of people, you're, prote- you're trying to protect an income stream. So once you retire, you no longer have that income stream and there's really no need for life insurance for many people. Yeah, and we run into that same situation with term insurance as well, where people have a 30-year term that they bought when they were 30 years old. They turn 60, they're looking at retiring soon. They've saved up a great retirement. If either them or their spouse were to pass away, the other one would be able to continue to live their lifestyle because they've saved so long. And people will still come in and say, you know, my insurance is expiring. I'm worried about this. Um, They send at the end of a term policy, they tell you you can continue it. And they send you a bill that gives just an exorbitant new premium, um, which is in most situations, unless you are terminally ill or have very serious health issues, is not a good deal to be taking. But they, people are, are scared and they say, you know, what do I need? And that's when we look back and say, okay, so what do you need in your situation today? And that's the beauty of having a financial plan too, is you can look at it and you can say, okay, well, here's the money that I now have to live off of. Can my spouse live And going back to your initial question? What do they need to live the same lifestyle? Do they still need an income? Do they need more lump sum money? Mm-hmm. Or are they able to live their lifestyle with what you've accumulated already? And hopefully you've accumulated enough so they don't need that. Because if you go to try to get new term life insurance at age 60 or 65, 
what what's going to happen well then? the premium is going to be way high and, yeah. and occasionally if you have health issues you may be deemed uninsurable at all um, right. so that that's really something that you've got to consider and that's the other beauty um and to go back to the insurance through work which would be a group policy mm-hmm. versus an individual term policy if for any reason you have um certain medical conditions um pre existing conditions that would preclude you from getting insurance on your own, then you can actually go into a group policy and have some life insurance. So that can be a great benefit for people who aren't eligible independently to get life insurance. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, The other question we often hear is, and we've kind of talked around it because every situation is a little bit different, is people say, you know, I don't know how much life insurance I need. That's a question, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And it obviously depends on every situation, but I've always thought of it, um, if you'll let me use a sports metaphor, uh, you know, the goalposts in a football game, the ball can be really close to the left post. It can be really close to the right post. As long as it goes through the goalposts, it counts. Got it. And so life insurance is very much the same. Do you want to be, you can't be underinsured or you don't want to be underinsured. You don't want to be overinsured. But there's a range in there that's an appropriate amount of insurance. You know, people have these calculators online and you plug in how many kids you have, how much money you make, and they'll spit out an exact number. They'll say you need one million one hundred thousand two hundred and forty two dollars <laughs> and seventy five cents. And we have those, too, don't we? And, and we do have those. And we say, you know what? The most important thing is we're somewhere near that number. We're going to get close. And the other important thing to note is that insurance costs. So the cost per dollar of insurance Um, actually goes down as your face amount goes up. There's different benchmarks with each insurance company. So if you need, if you said, oh, I need $490,000 of insurance, well, we would say, you know, if you get to the $500,000 mark, your insurance is probably actually, the premium will be less on a $500,000 policy than a $490,000 policy because the cost per dollar goes down once you hit that mark. Got it. So when you're buying insurance, it's important to know uh, what those marks are what the different levels are and make your decision based on that plus the analysis that's been done. So what do you think about um, people who buy life insurance for their children? Have you heard this? Oh, I certainly have. And we get this question occasionally as well. Should I buy life insurance for my children? And by the way, this was something that was really well, very well known and um, done all the time many years ago. As a matter of fact, my father bought a life insurance for me and my sister when we were born. Yes. And I I actually still possess a policy that was purchased for me when I was born. It's a very Midwest thing. Um, You'll you'll often see insurance salespeople going around selling life insurance to kids. You know, a lot of times that was a very common practice when there were a lot less tools for saving for young people. Today, there are 529 plans, there are UTMAs. Um, Investing in stocks is no longer as costly as it once was. You don't have to buy stock certificates and turn them in and keep track of them. It used to be really difficult to save for children. And so life insurance companies came up with these ideas to create policies for young people. Nowadays, they're a little bit archaic. They're very expensive because they're generally term policies. Um, And so we would oftentimes recommend not purchasing policies for young children. So, but that's a, for a different purpose, essentially. Too. Yes. And it's not because you think your kid is going to die 
and somebody needs to benefit from this. It was more of a savings vehicle. Right. And, you know, that has never been our goal with um, life insurance for our clients, for most of the clients that come to us. Um, we've not used life insurance as a savings vehicle, yeah. although there are many people who um, sell right. life insurance like that. Right. I mean, we see life insurance as a tool, a tool to replace income. And uh, we see savings as not what life insurance is the tool for. It's kind of like trying to use a screwdriver to hammer in a nail. Not not what we're planning on <laughs> not, doing Not here. the right thing to do. Um, right. We'd rather go get the hammer to, to do the savings. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that was great. I mean, we really, I really appreciate all that information. I'm sure our clients and everybody listening is really excited now about looking at what their life insurance is. Oh, I'm sure is. they're thrilled. Yeah. But you know what? That's the thing about financial planning. There are a lot of pieces of it that are exciting and fun and you've set goals to do fun stuff. Unfortunately, you also have to look at the 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 more serious side of it every once in a while, the protection side of it. Nobody likes to think of a time when they might pass away, but it is necessary because you want to protect your family. So Absolutely. that was great. Hope everyone has um, learned a little bit from this podcast today mm -hmm. and that'll do it for us this week. So, you know, if you are serious about, you want if it's time for you to get serious about your financial planning needs, or if you have questions about anything that we've talked about on the podcast, please feel free to give us a call, 978-531-8108. Or you can visit us, visit us on our website, freedmanfinancial.com. That's Friedman. Two E's and a D. Financial.com. Um, and you can also sign up for our weekly newsletter. It comes out at 1030 every Friday. And uh, once again, that's on our website. Go to any page on the website. Put in your email address and we, you will automatically get our emails every Friday, our wonderful newsletter. So thanks so much, Christian. And we'll be back next week. And Mark, Mark should be back. Yeah, Mark should be back. You don't have to listen to me anymore. Oh, me. For a little bit. <laughs> yeah, right. Take care. Have a great day. During today's Dollars and Cents episode with Friedman Financial, your hosts may have discussed specific financial planning and investment ideas that are for general information only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations. Please remember that investing involves risk and may include loss of principal. Although the money market fund seeks to preserve the value of your investment at $1 per share, it is possible to lose money by investing in the fund. Always consult a certified financial planner professional, qualified attorney, or tax advisor prior to investing to determine what is appropriate for you. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC.